This episode of Tuna on Toast is brought to you by Hammer Toyota. Here in Southern California, I've been a customer for well over 10 years. The general sales manager, Johnny's become my really good friend. He will take care of you. I love going to Hammer Toyota. If you want to get a new car, truck, SUV, you want to buy, you want to lease, whenever it is, you don't have to do it now, but when it's time, think about Hammer Toyota. They are awesome. Send me a DM on Instagram, Ted Stryker, and I will hook you up with Johnny. You can also check him out. Check out the website, H-A-M-E-R, HammerToyota.com. Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music, and I love those that create it. Stryker's here. Tuna on toast. Yes. Tuna on toast. Holy moly, I've met my match with Brian from Silver Sun Pickups. Welcome to another episode of Toot on Toast. It is Ted Stryker. If it's your first time checking out the pod, welcome to the show. There's a lot of older episodes after you get through this one. If you want to check out everyone from uh, Tom DeLong, uh, Fat Mike, M. Shadows, Bishop Briggs, Paris Jackson, and many more. If you're coming back for more, thanks for supporting Toot on Toast. A uh, friendly reminder, you can watch all these episodes as well. Tuna on Toast with Stryker. That is on YouTube. You can see what the studio looks like. You can see the vans that Brian was wearing in this episode, which we talk about towards the end. When I say that I've met my match with Brian, this guy, who was probably born in the early 80s, maybe late 70s, can quote TV shows from the late 60s even TV shows from the early 60s. Then he can talk about Fast and Furious. He knows everything about Jaws, Back to the Future, indie films. He is he is underrated funny, which I've known for years. In this episode, we do some Brady Bunch trivia. His take, his overall take that he gives, this rant on Fast and Furious is so funny. I've met my match. Brian is the best. And the sixth full-length album from Silver Sun Pickups called Physical Thrills comes out August 19th, and it's produced by Butch Fig. Let's get to the episode. Oh, also, hey, you can find me. Track me down. Any so easy to DM me on Instagram, Ted Stryker. Let's get to it. Here he is. Welcome to the Tuna on Toast studio, which is my second bedroom here at home from Silver Sun Pickups, Brian O'Bear. Oh, okay, just you know, I hate that. You're in band shape right now, I can tell. I'm in- the first time you invited me over. I know, man. First time. And I've heard about your legendary soirees. You have? Oh, man. Everyone, I heard about them. Wait a minute. No, yeah, there was no I've never had a soiree here. here. Yeah. I don't like people oh. here except guests for the show. I don't think you're, I don't think you're at these soirees. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Did you> get- <laughs> no one wants me at a soiree. Yes, I want you to soiree. Yes. Are we are we on? We're going to be on in a minute. I can't wait. It's a real podcast, just so you know. Some of this what? Yeah, of course it is. I know that. I know your podcast. Well, you know, everyone says they have a podcast. Like, I don't, I don't know, know if I, there's real people that watch this. I know what a podcast is. <laughs> I love podcasts. You and I should have started one when they started and we would be living in. We still can. I mean, how many Brady Bunch ones are there? Like, I, I want to do a well, podcast about a cartoon called Robotech. I think we talked about this before. This guy, I love, um, I'm lucky enough to become friendly with this um, really funny guy, uh, Matt Gorley, who does a lot of podcast stuff. And okay. He loves Robotech, but he has so many podcasts. And he's like producing the Conan O'Brien one. Oh my God, really? That, yeah, that I'm just like. This, my Tune on Toast is a little bigger than Conan's podcast. Good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. 
Can we go to the house? The house? The Brady Bunch house? Because I'm confused what the house is. I know where exactly. I, I can know go where there blindly. Is, but what did they do to it? There's a whole thing and they're transforming it into. Because the interior obviously was a soundstage in the 60s and 70s. Because even I, as a kid, went, how do they go upstairs in a house that doesn't have an upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> it's like magical. I was like, that architect is a GDG. Gosh darn genius. Yeah. Hey, what would be your second Airbnb? Oh would it be like going to the sh like the Shining or the Ray Romano house? Mm. Frazier's condo? No, Three's company apartment? Mm. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Like a $300 apartment in Santa Monica in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get just 100 bucks. Right. To chip in on the rent. I mean, that's a pretty nice apartment. It was de Well, it was decent. Well, I for mean, $300? But Chrissy know? and Janet had to share the room. <laughs> That's true, they did. And, and then, Jack in that other room. Yeah, they had one bathroom. One they, bathroom. They had a big kitchen. Where was their TV? It was, I think the TV is always supposed to be where we are. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Like a certain point. Right. I, that's, I guess so. You got it. Have your, have your years been? My years have been... Top three things that you liked about the pandemic. Not the new one that's coming out, the monkey bug, <laughs> but the old one. You mean polio all those years ago? There's that, okay, that, okay. <laughs> yes, there's been, yeah, that was, that was... Okay, top three pandemics. Okay, my top three of all time. Yeah, what's number one? Uh, number, number one... Number three, let's go backwards. Okay, um... The flu of 2001, Oof. then bird flu, and yeah. then I'll go COVID. Okay, I, I still think, and this is maybe pedestrian of me. Go ahead. I think it's the plague. Oh, the flu one with the plague <laughs> I, at number I, I one. Feel, <laughs> I feel like it's just got a lot of traction. I'll tell you what, though. I don't know. That's I did not one. thrive in the pandemic or write an album or record an album. I did you none of that. You have time. Huh? Don't 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 worry if you haven't done that. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, guilt with people. Like and the people put too much pressure on themselves that they think that during, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, that people had to be the most creative. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They had to do this, had to do that, and if I don't come, that's why they're, people are making bread and ice cream and all. Right. Like if I don't become this amazing human being after this, I'm gonna be so upset and. I remember just thinking, man, you just you just survived this. Don't add more pressure of like, you know, if you because if, you're sitting at home and stuff doesn't mean you're not doing anything. You're surviving this. Like, it's, it, you don't need to add like I need to now learn Mandarin. Well, some people which I did had a broken washing. You didn't learn Mandarin. I did, but then I forgot it. Give me seven <laughs> words in Mandarin. Forgot it. Okay, you forgot it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had friends like, oh, our washing machine is broken. I now can fix a washing machine. I can't. I'm like, what? Yeah, I can't. I can't do. Any of skill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can do the thing where you open the car hood and stare at it. I can open the washing machine and go, mm, yeah, yeah, this is broken. <laughs> Honey, this doesn't work. Honey, quit Windexing the windows. See, the, pro the problem is there's water shooting out of this. <laughs> I know how to identify the issue. <laughs> Brian... It's been such an exciting Man. journey from my end, watching you and your band over Man. 20 years so sorry. of success. No, please don't say. <laughs> Seriously, it's like when you guys first decided all those years ago, this is a real thing. Yeah. Was there ever like a huddle up like, this is going to be our game plan? Uh, no. No? No. In fact, maybe we would see people do that and kind of think, okay, <laughs> good luck. It's like hugging a cloud. You know, all, all we knew was this is probably not going to go anywhere. 
Hmm. Because, I mean, you know, because the odds are what they are. And so... You thought that, though, then? Yeah. I mean, just thought... We were playing clubs in Los Angeles in, in the east side, and we just were incredibly amazed that that was happening. Like, opening for Elliot Smith and stuff, and, and all of our peers, which are, like, bands that local bands that we thought were just so excellent and then touring bands that would come through that side of town we just thought being involved in all that that was it and so as we were getting interested in more stuff we just uh, our, our thing was always all we can do is is try to make this thing really worthwhile to us like make the music that we want to make and make it kind of walk away from whatever it is feeling like we really tried and gave it our all and we really were you know that's all. I mean, you can't control it. That's all, that's all we could control. So all four of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, And then absolutely. how it exists in the universe, it's not up to us. Like, you know. So honestly, we feel not responsible for anything. <laughs> you but know? that's weird We feel to like just though. lucky. And I'm amazed that, like, you know, we have a new song out now, and then you get the response from it. And you just, you know, it's always surprising to us. Because we always feel like. I can't believe how long we've been doing this and we feel very, very lucky and we still feel really new in a weird way. But I think it's because you're always just trying to figure it out and you grow as a human being and you change and collectively the four of us who've been around the same band the whole time, we're just interested in other things. So you're always feeling like it's out of your reach. Mm. And I think so since it's constantly out of our reach, we feel new all the time. Until we meet bands that look like adults <laughs> and say like they liked us in kindergarten. <laughs> I mean, that those qualities you just mentioned have to be important for longevity of a band. You have to have the songs, but if you feel like, oh, I'm tired of this, it's boring, it feels like it's the opposite for Silver Sun pickups. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, if we felt like we were plateauing or, I don't know, that would be an interesting time. We haven't had that experience yet. And if, there, if, if we... Um, come across that then we're gonna have to reevaluate stuff because i don't know constantly shifting as a band not in a conscious way of like oh um oh this is a cool sound or this is that and this is in like we're so blissfully ignorant of what is happening out there in the world mm. we only become aware of it when we play festivals <laughs> and we go oh that's what's going on you know we're just in charge of our own little pocket um and so with that you know we just I don't know, naturally keep ourselves sort of tickled by pushing, I don't know, you know, just being interested in other things. Do you feel that there's luck for the following reason? No, no, no. No, no. All luck. You've met bands 20 years ago, as did I, who were pretty good, but the three or four members of the band weren't on the same page when it came to their well, determination to a, do well. Man, there's a lot. I, I will say, not all the time. You know, there were once in a while you come across a band and you just like they had the dust. You know, there's something about it. You, and it's the dust is something you can't quite, you can't make. Mm. You have it or you don't. Even if it's a band you're not in, even interested in, you kind of recognize when something's going on. And it is sad when you when they just can't get it together. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I'm and, saying. And you just go, oh god, you guys are so good. There's a, yeah, there's a really great band. All of the bands in our time, in, in back in that day in Los Angeles, all worshipped the, the one band in particular. And, and you were just hoping, come on, come on. But the thing that made them amazing is also the thing that held them back. There was a legitimate, mm. legitimate, like left of center kind of brain going on that was so 
good and and um, just amazingly wise on stage and then off stage just couldn't couldn't get it together. Is yeah. that band still doing shows now? No, it's no, done, completely all, done. Are they in the business? A and R? Are they? Do they go to no, college or like? Do you no, know anything? Well, she one of the people in that band. She's really successful. We think she does. She's incredible. She still writes for the LA Times. Oh, is that yeah, right? She's amazing. And it's a shame. I'm I've, sure you've I, met those people. You're I've like, oh my seen god, it's 150 amazing. times. And then you, and then you've, I, well, you've seen more. Are people that know what they're gonna do and they got the thing? We saw that more like this band's got this and you A plus B equals C. Why does that work? And so calculated, and you just think oh, it's not gonna work. <laughs> but there's a third thing that also holds bands back one song does well, and yeah. then they think they know everything. Oh, no, 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 no. And then it's like, we're going to do it our way. We're not going to listen to people that have been in the business 20 years. And then they get, I don't know if it's cocky or they get lazy, but whatever it is. And then it stops. Yeah. One song thing is, you know, again, that's a little bit out of their hands, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to ignore your own stuff. When we meet new bands and they go, how do you not read things about you? And it's like, it's pretty easy. Like we just never did. We, we assume that we are either the greatest band ever right? or the worst band ever. And I kind of don't need the internet telling me that. That's what I assume. So I'm going with that knowledge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to have any of it interfere with my what it is to us. Like, I don't want to even think about. God, it's so hard to do no, that. No, it's not, man. I think it's, it is. I haven't done it. I, I don't. Wow. I just don't. It's like, I just don't. Like, I don't. Also, don't smoke anymore, and I also don't drink anymore, and and it's not for me. It's not hard. I never Google our band. It never started, and so it just it would mess with my mind. Even positive stuff, mm. being in the band, it no outside stuff can kind of come in, as as far as the creative part. Like when we're out there and we meet people, and people we find out how people feel about stuff. Yeah, later we go, oh, cool, you know, whatever. Or, okay, well. <laughs> I mean, when you're six albums in and you play to huge crowds all over and play festivals and people are very excited, yeah. there's your review Th right there. I mean, I think about, we put out records and we play shows and when people come to the shows, we feel, okay, you know, all right, people are coming to the shows. That's our gauge of where we're at. We never really think about what it means. Um, we get asked all the time, you know, like, ever since we started as a band and we get loud, you know? I'm not, I've uh, never been afraid of distortion. I love it. Yeah. Um, I feel like for almost 20 years, we've been asked about like, is it weird that rock and roll's dead and stuff? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I've never asked that. You and say no, by everybody. No, I've never you. asked that question. But I'm just like, for 20 years I've been asked that. I was like, <laughs> is it officially? I mean, is it dead now? Like, when is it? It's 20 years. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> right. Like, right. I don't think so. What are you listening to? Like, you can easily tend your playlist and make it alive. It's all out there. I don't, there was someone that said recently on the show, and I can't remember who it was, but was they were upset. With? Huh? What does it rhyme with? Was it who? What does it rhyme with? Oh. Who was it? I don't honestly. It? No, it was, a, it was a good comment. Tom Jork. <laughs> yes, Tom York was here. No, we had some good Fom people. Jork. Tom, no, it wasn't him. Tom Jork is a killer new band. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it a DJ set? or yeah, is it all a, DJ okay. set. Okay. And a DJ radio set. <laughs> And here comes just right now. Yeah. Best video of all time. Scared me. Brian O'Bear, 
Your spirit, energy, personality, it's the top 1% of all humans I've met in the business. Must be the mushrooms I'm on. No, you don't do that stuff at all. Rattle off movies that you love, please. Uh, what? Rattle off movies that you Just love. rattle off? Like Back to the Future, is that in there? Let the Right One In, Night of the Hunter, St. Maud, It Follows, God in the Mouth of Madness, Road Warrior, Once Upon a Time in the West, Blade Runner 1 and 2, both Trons. <laughs> nice. What movie can you recite the most lines to when it's on? Hmm. I don't know. I have a weird memory. I know you do. I don't know. That's you a, and I do movies and TV shows know, off me, camera so much. Line. Y'all know me. Y'all know how I are living. I'll catch that bird for you. Ain't going to be easy. Oh, man. What is that? Give me a hint. It's a bad fish. Swallow you whole. It's not like going down. <laughs> Jaws? Yes. Yes. The My son became obsessed with Jaws, but he never what? wanted to see it. Yeah, he just loved monsters. <laughs> Godzilla, he became, at the beginning of the pandemic, was a massive Godzilla fan. Still is. Didn't want to watch any of it. But he loved the idea. He would watch these little YouTube size comparisons of Godzilla. I got really good in the beginning of the pandemic at drawing kaijus. I learned, <laughs> I knew about Godzilla, obviously. Yes. And I like Godzilla. And my, half of my family is Hawaiian, so a lot of those shows like Ultraman and stuff would play. When I would spend my summers there, we'd see, get that from Japan on TV there. So I remember all of that, but now I, not like I know it now. I know it so well now. And then he got into Jaws because his friend liked Jaws. And so he knew the whole movie, but he didn't want to see the movie. You know what I mean? And yeah. Talk about Jaws and he want to hear bum, 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 bum. And after a while, I was like, honey, there's not much more to talk about with Jaws. <laughs> and so I started to get like, he's like, well, what about Jaws this? Jaws? And it's like, well, no, I mean, Jaws, I was like Jaws and Jurassic Park because he started getting Jurassic Park. I said, they're, they're very similar with the fact that there's one good one. <laughs> and there's a ton of other movies. You don't like Jaws 3 3D? <laughs> None of them. I kind of do like <laughs> I will say growing up in Los Angeles and going to Universal Studios as a kid, Jaws 4 was the new movie. So I'll never forget them constantly promoting it, like on the tour, the tour guide. And back then, the tour was about three hours long yes. with a break. Right, and right. I felt like legally they had to say Jaws for the Revenge. This time it's personal, <laughs> and they had to say it every time. Every time, <laughs> yes. So he goes, so coming up now, this tank over here is used for Jaws for the Revenge. This time it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's in in my mind embedded that movie, and then I even remember too that movie. Like the audience didn't like that a guy died, so they had to change it and stuff. Those things stick in my mind. I remember on and, the tour. And, and now oh, I have my son. I can. Put, I was like, well, son, Jaws fall. <laughs> but anyway, like I, I was running out of things to say about Jaws, so I just started saying, yeah. Steven Spielberg, the director of Jaws, called it Bruce. Like I was giving him right. behind the scenes, which facts. was the name like, of his lawyer. Yes, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what to tell you, Nico. <laughs> Watch the movie. No. So before we talk about the new album a little more, okay. obviously this is this is a Brady Bunch lunchbox, and. Not very topical, speaking of the Brady Bunch, but Brian and I have a Not Brady topical. Bunch. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about Bewitched then. It's a little oh my bit. God. So I have just written. Va, just va, to... voom. Be, bewitched. <laughs> Man alive. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Two Darrens couldn't handle that lady. Nope, not at all. <laughs> she was great. Whew. Dad, mom, <laughs> I'm in love with witches. <laughs> The mom or Samantha? I'm just I have a witch fetish my whole life now because of that. Craft, let's go. I mean, all hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. Hocus pocus two's coming. I don't know if you heard. 
here for it. You ready for some questions? <laughs> is it really going? Yeah. Hocus Pocus 2 is happening. Of course it is. Is it like a Disney Plus show? Or yes, I believe it is. It is. It is. Saw the Willow ad and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Amazing. Willow. <laughs> Willow's back. Incredible. They're all coming back. Frasier's coming back. Is it? Yes. Oh, man. Sadly, of course, the dad is not going to be there. I never, I never watched Frasier. Brian, it's so good. That's what everyone said. It's so good. Mm, maybe I'll catch up on that. Yeah, it's a good one. I want to... Re- I want to eventually just get all of my core people together and we all just are done with whatever we need to do and we all just land in a little villa like Call Me By Your Name in Italy because <laughs> I got married in Italy and we rented this big villa that was pretty cheap. Yeah. I was just like, if I can, if we can all just land there. As soon as we're done with all this tomfoolery of life. Right. So I'll just get to this villa. We can do things like that where we'll go like, it's Fraser year. <laughs> Frazier's great. You great, in? great, great. Yeah, if, if I'm invited. Does it sound good? It sounds okay. great. First invite me to one of these soirees, and then we'll see. <laughs> okay. All right, here, I'm throwing questions at you. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. Brian O'Bear. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the Brady's dog? Oh, no, Oliver's the... the, the <laughs> Oliver's the... You d- know the this. Head. I it, know it's you. It's a tiger. Right. What monkey... In real time, you saw how brain synapses work. <laughs> Isn't that wild? This is science. Which monkey takes Marsha to the school dance? David Jones. But you know what would have been dope? What? Getting Nesmith on there. Yeah. The dark. <laughs> he would have Nesmith would have not. He would have just tore tore up. All right, all right. Yeah, Nesmith would have been like, Jan, come out. Let's get tattoos. That's good. <laughs> what role did Peter get in the school play? That caused kids to dislike him. He really wanted to trade that role. Benedict Arnold? Bam. What is Greg Brady's <laughs> rock star alias? Oh, man. Johnny. Yes. Th- yes. Thunder? No. No, wait. Doyle and Johnny. It's also the name Johnny of a guitar. network. No, it's the name of a network where I think Real Housewives may be on. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. I didn't get that. Alice's boyfriend. Sam the Butcher giving Alice the meat. Beastie Boys. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby fakes an illness to meet an the, NFL legend. The plague. <laughs> no. He fakes an illness to meet this NFL legend, who's still a legend today. He played in New York, and he famously wore a fur coat on the sideline. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Awesome. He fake he, he fakes uh, no, no fakes an illness and they write a letter it's in. Not the kids in the hall, so it's not cancer, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the way we're not looking for the oldest though. Yeah, what are we looking for? <laughs> the player that came over. Oh, 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 <laughs> fake the illness. Oh, I thought we were looking for the illness. I was like, it's got to be a cold, right? Like, How dark did the Brady Bunch get? <laughs> the player. Okay, we'll skip this one. Wait, no, no. Okay, give me a hit. Broadway is his nickname. Broadway. Oh, man. Very handsome guy. Oh, man. Mm. Joe Namath. Oh, of course. I was going to say Steve Garvey. I don't know why. Which actor was originally cast as Mike Brady? I'll give you multiple choice. Oh, I don't know. Burt Reynolds, Gene Hackman, or Harrison Ford? No. 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 Burt Reynolds. No? Not Harrison Ford. Gene Shack. Gene Shallot? Gene Hackman. No, Gene not Shallot? Gene Shallot, the movie reviewer. 
Gene Hackman was almost cast. Well, he yes. was doing like the conversation and all that stuff. He was cast, and then something went a little haywire, so he didn't. Yeah, do he it. got a movie. Career. The conversation probably happened. You're right. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. You'd have been good. He would have been good. Stern, more stern than Mike. He would have been too good. And you know who's supposed to play the skipper? The skipper. Uh, and do you okay. know this Gilligan's Island? The who was supposed to play the originally skipper? the skipper? Daniel Day Lewis. No. <laughs> He's going to have one left foot. Okay, here we go. Jan makes a name up for her fake boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Glass. Yes. Um, yes. It's uh, That's fine. You got the last name. Yeah, it's something gla- uh, Philip Glass or no. Blank of the Jungle. George Glass. There you so, go. Nikki, we just did Comedy <laughs> Bang Bang recently. Yes. And we were, the first time we were on it, Nikki... Dropped that. So I can't remember what comedy. You know that show pretty well? Yeah. Comedy Bang Bang? Paul F. Tompkins broke. He started laughing. He broke out of his character because Nikki said, George Glass. <laughs> and he like stopped his bit and said, Look, Brady Bunch Here we go. Greg and Peter go on a double date with two, I mean, looking back, super good looking women. Peter has to fake that he's an older gentleman. What did he do to show, to pretend he's older? This is what they did in the 70s, man. This is what the kids' dilemmas back then. Now's euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do to fake his maturity? He drew, what did he do? He already, his voice changed already, right? Yes. After the big song. So they go to the pizza restaurant, and Mike's also there with his wife and a new business client. They're having pizza, and there's Greg and Peter at the booth, and the answer is he wore a fake mustache. Oh, I was going to say drew a mustache. Okay, he wore, wore one and ended up in That's his mouth. That's right. Last one. Man, that's good. Who is... See, this is part of the podcast. Yes. The very Brady oh. podcast we're doing, because right. you're. this is where we can fill in each other's holes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Well, <laughs> I say chew gum and you know do it all. <laughs> I'm saying you sexualize it if you want. <laughs> Last Brady question. Yes. Which kid is the one that broke Carol's vase? Oh, man. That's Don't right. play that... ball in the house. Who's the one that broke it? Bobby. Peter? There you go. Was it Peter? It was Peter. And they all try to cover for him. Oh, He's yeah. Go on a camping Bobby trip. was too they little. They bomb a, a lantern. Yeah. Bobby was too little for that. <laughs> yes. Peter. God, let's go. What are we doing? What are we doing right now? Uh, this is it. It's <laughs> our house. Can we take these cameras and go to the Brady house I mean, right now? The thing is, we can. <laughs> because we live in Los Angeles. That's right. And we have the magic of the film and movies around us. We live near Hogwarts. Coming up on my side of the tram is where they filmed King Kong. Mm-hmm. The 1970-76 RKO production starring Fay Ray. Mm-hmm. The famous King Kong. In fact, we are so behind in our King Kongs, we're about to introduce you to the King Kong ride that is the Peter Jackson version of King Kong. <laughs> oh my God. Huh. We have, we're a little King Kong. <laughs> we have some King Kong anxiety. Because the King Kong you know that's fighting Godzilla is a different King Kong. But the, we're about to go on the King Kong ride that's the Peter Jackson King Kong. Right? But they filmed the 1976 King Kong. It's very, very good. How many oh good King Kong movies are there? God, negative seven? I don't know. Whoa. No, no, no. I mean, the night, the one with one. Faye Ray. Okay. Peter Jackson? Is that, I think that's good. Uh, is that the one with uh, Jack Black on a boat? Mm-hmm. I, I did like that Me movie. Too. Yeah, that's that was two. good. I like that. Those right. are the only two I've ever seen in my life. That's all you need. Yeah. 
You get it. How many good Fast and Furious? <laughs> People are going to kill me in the comments. I've never seen one second of Fast and Furious okay. of any of them. Well, and I like action movies. I'm about to blow your comments open. Go ahead. You ready, comments? <laughs> and remember, I'm not going to read it, but Stryker will. I will. One point is a couple of years ago in the before times. <laughs> okay. You know, pre-COVID. <laughs> PC. Yes. This is about 20, I'm going to say it was 2015. Beautiful, shiny day. Uh, we were kind of in, amazed that people were liking Fast and Furious. Like people we respected. And they're getting good reviews. And like, how is this happening, you know? And it was a really funny podcast with Paul Shear and Manzuka. How did this get made? They were talking about it. I was like, how is this? I don't know anything about this. It just seems like I would not be into it at all. My friend from England, my friend Mike, was in town staying with us. And, and we thought, hey, man, you want to just bite the bullet and do this? Let's just hold hands and get through this. <laughs> and I was like, and we got to do this all the way. And Christopher, my drummer and friend, already yes. started this project. And so I said, okay, we got to do this. So one night we watched Fast and Furious. The first one. Yeah. It's like, a point, basically, it's a straight up point break ripoff. It's terrible. Sorry, comments. I'm not going to read it. It's terrible. Okay. Next day, we said, well, we're going to do it. And, and my wife said, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Too Fast, Too Furious. One of the worst movies. It was so bad. Okay. Tokyo Drift. Kind of like something going on because it's a little bonkers, but not that into it. But then I'm hearing like, oh, this next one you're going to get into. Watch then the fourth one. I don't remember what it's called. Didn't like it. <laughs> We're like, we are so screwed. And we were fun, starting to feel weird, you know? And the next day, Christopher came over. Our friend Hanford came over. Now we have a bigger crew. They all caught up. We did Fast Five. Okay. And it was like the sun started to shine its light on us because okay. all of a sudden it became fun. Because <laughs> The Rock shows up and he is winking constantly at the camera. He is like, isn't this ridiculous? The stunts are insane now. They're all physical, you know? Um, and the fun is that Vin Diesel thinks this is amazing <laughs> and the rock knows this is goofy. And so it's so fun to watch Vin Diesel's think Shakespeare's happening. Okay. <laughs> and they're fun. Jesus These movies, now they're crazy. Christ. Now the movies are crazy. Okay. Now we're, now we're excited. We watched six. We're even more into it. Now we're hyping ourselves up. And then we go to the arc light that night to watch seven. Then... We go find out where the house was and we go to Echo no. Park and take pictures in front of it and feel like super pumped about it. And the next morning we feel dirty. Oh, God. And then we loved it. And we, we just had a good time with it. Now it's become kind of a long running bit, but we do think the new ones have been fun. Oh, nice. I haven't seen the last one and I didn't like eight that much, but those three with Gal Gadot and all that is yeah. really fun. That's funny. Watching Vin Diesel think this is amazing. Right. That's my favorite thing that you've said. It's, man, it is intoxicating. I mean, The Rock has a broken arm at one point, and he goes, Loretto's in trouble, and he flexes it in the cast. Oh, I'm sorry. He has a cast on his arm. He flexes it, and the cast shatters. <laughs> now, that's, that's what the filmmakers know what's going on. But Vin Diesel does not know that. Okay. He thinks that, and just no, seeing Vin Diesel on Apple boxes trying to be, oh, it's okay. so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Because he sucks so bad. And he's like, kind of buff, but not buff. Like, and he's the kind of character that just, he just knows everything. Like, they'll pull it in. Like, these guys were stealing DVDs, you know, and now they're like in the secret bunkers. And 
He's like got that that James Bond disease where he knows everything. They'll be like, "Well, the C five seven satellites are down." He goes, "I thought the C five seven satellites were were put out of commission in 2017 <laughs> through the act." Of, you know, I'm like, "How does this guy know this?" He knows everything. All the girls want him. He's so nice. Vin Diesel's had a pretty good career. No, 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 I love it. You ever see? I think it's called the Babysitter. No. Okay, that's not bad. No, all respect to him, you know. But yeah. like, he thinks this is. Right, something that it's not, and that's that's the charm of it, I think. Clearly, the director and the Rock and all those people don't feel that way because they've all split. <laughs> it's funny that the Rock is wink, kind of doing the wink at the camera, like Constantly. I know this is crazy. He's having a ball. Did you see the new Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, my friend, I got really lucky. My friend Christy, who's an LA film critic, um, we've become really good friends, and whatever her son is. T- doesn't want to see or is too young for or something yeah. i'm the plus one. Oh, really yeah. there's another guy out there phil i know you're listening to this you think you're the plus one i'm the plus one and i went to see top gun a couple of weeks before it came out a press screening and i like top gun the first one mm-hmm. but I don't, i'm not like one of those obsessed with it i listened to the soundtrack as a kid more than i saw the movie and didn't care too much about it but then obviously I, I like it i know what it's sort of ironic about it and what's kind of fun right man that new one came out and i was just i was into it in this weird way like all these things that i almost on paper sound lame somehow it's working like why tom cruise's what he like who he is and what he does worked so well for me the almost in world cheesy feeling of the original just worked it just seemed to be such a well-done movie it pulled at my heartstrings two or three times. I know. I thought Val Kilmer was incredible. Me too. And I'm not even nostalgic for that movie. But yes. this movie made me nostalgic for that movie in a different way. Totally. And I just thought, way to go. Like, yeah. This is, and then the filming, like, yes. Who are we bombing? I don't know. Right. It looks like what snowy mountain. They speak Russian. <laughs> you know, and the original had that scene. I guess the, the director, right? That's why I love Tron Legacy. And I think why I love Villeneuve's Blade Runner and Dune, right? In the wrong hands, these things could be turned into something really bad. Tron is inherently bizarre. It's it's such a weird movie, and not just the fact that what it's about, the music is weird, and those plots are weird, and the weird like the fishiness of how this all works is weird. And Legacy did exactly that. It was just as weird, just as like not normal, just as off-putting, like strange. And I loved that. And I feel like that director gets the heart of these movies because it was wild to see like a new Top Gun movie that felt right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. on pa- like people were probably laughing like, oh, Top Gun's coming out. Come on. And it came out and man, hit hard. And I, I was it. in a critic loved screening it. and it hit the critics hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, oh, this is going to be huge because this people are stoked in this room. You know? It's crazy to look at Tom Cruise. uh, And are there movies? You know, we're talking about Vin Diesel and stuff. It's just a different world. It's not a monoculture anymore. You know, MTV and all this stuff. Like, I mean, however big a pop star is, it's never going to be as big as, as Madonna was. You know, it's just not that way. Stranger Things almost feels that way. You know, like everybody gets involved, but really it's, it's, it's not that way. And, Top Gun reminded me of like, wow, yeah, Tom Cruise, the movie star, the whole thing. And he he is in it. He is is a movie star. He is. He's great in it. Like, however he is off camera, that's one thing. But on camera, he's he's a guy who's like, 
you pay him a dollar to do the job, he's giving it to you. <laughs> yes, he will go. If he says, Tom Cruise, we need you to be a donut maker in the next movie, he will spend yeah, 100 good. hours yeah. learning how to make a donut. I think it's cool. That was really fun. And those flights, the, the spectacle of the, the planes is pretty amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. And it worked. Yeah. I saw Madonna just within the last 48 hours said, absolutely not. She will not sell her music catalog, which has been happening over the last two years. I'm sure you've seen some huge artists, bands, yeah. solo artists selling. He's, she's like, no, owning the music is everything. Do you have a thought on that? I mean, to each their own. You know, if you have the ability to own it, we own ours. Um, and there are bands right after us that don't because like even then things changed and we didn't take deals because we just thought it was important to own ours. How um, did you know that then? I don't know. Like I said, we operated on the fact like we really did and do operate on the fact that we don't think like it's all so impossible that any of this works out. All we can do is do what's right. You know what I mean? For yeah, us. Yeah. And that's one of the things that was right for us. Like, and whether we got signed or not, we didn't, we just was like, well, we won't get signed and we'll just play shows. I don't know. We're just thinking one foot. We, you know, we didn't think far ahead and that's how we still are. I'm like the next thing, the next thing real around. So when you have that, you're pretty confident. Like, no, you know, we weren't hungry. We weren't desperate because I guess the fact that we truly kind of had a lack of belief that this could work out gave us some, Gave us a little power. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can't threaten us with anything because we don't, there's nothing you can take away from us. You know? What a great mindset and attitude and intelligence for everybody. I don't know. About. I don't know. I, it I mean, is. That's but, exactly what, and instincts as well. I mean, we always had, we we still happens, but not as much. Back then, I remember like constantly getting advice and just like looking at, you know, people and going, yeah, you were giving me advice, but not the one you think you're giving. Me. <laughs> I'm just looking at you telling me this. I was like, that's good advice. Don't be an, don't be an asshole. <laughs> I'll never right. forget when we recorded a uh, lazy eye for Carnivus, our first record. Right. Yep. And a lot of people had, um, the demo version of it that we had on CDR, you know, it's really rough version of it, but people, you know, have demoitis and they heard us live for a while. And, and that's the first song usually people attach themselves to with us. That's like, we know where you are in, uh, how long you've been listening to us with what songs. Usually there's a road lazy. Okay. Do the first. Thing, right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, uh, when we did the carnivorous one, people, so many people came out to us and said, you, you, you blew it. <laughs> What? Yeah, they're like, eh, magic's gone. <laughs> Just set up, should come up to tell you, and you're like, oh, sorry, you don't like it. You know, like, yeah, it's not good. The original is better. I was like, well, I don't think so, but whatever. And these were I just, we friends, were, I people guess, in the business. No, 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 yeah, the business is such an interesting thing, you know? And we're allergic to it a little bit, and I think that's annoying to some people. <laughs> you know, I get it, but... Yeah, a lot of times it was just people trying to, if people are in the business and they're talking to you, they're just trying to stay alive. You know, the best way is to be like, this is hot, this is hot, this is hot, this is hot, this is hot. Yeah, because just try to get control of something that really is out of their control, you know? So kind of telling us this and that, giving us advice, is just their way to feel relevant. I get it, because it's a scary job, because in any second, it's not up to you. I mean, you could be a dick or not be a dick. That's how I fundamentally believe like are you gonna be a dick about stuff or are you gonna be cool about stuff you're gonna be a dick about stuff that's where you f fail i think 
you know. So I would always be surprised if people would just come up to us. We would never go. What do you think? <laughs> we were never the band that showed up at the party and said, listen to what we just did. Ah. Never. So the fact that we'd come up and get unsolicited advice <laughs> constantly by people was telling to us, you know, like, don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't be lame like that. You know what I mean? Was it hard to let people into the circle to help yeah. guide? For sure. Because mm -hmm. things are getting big. Yes. It's hard. You need some people around It was around very you. hard. It was very hard. We didn't understand it, you know? It, we slowly started to let people in because it was becoming tough for us. Like, before, especially our management, Q Prime, you know, we've been with forever. When we first got that call, we said immediately our thoughts were absolutely not. Like, no, that's that New York company that works with Metallica and Chili Peppers. And like, they don't. That's cool, but not not for us. Like, and they reached out to you back then. Yes. Okay. Well, and then, uh, well, we got a lawyer, this woman Tamara, through a friend who, who we love to. That was our first ever like person with us. A couple of years before our album came out, we just hang out with her, and she'd explain stuff to us. We on a pizza box, she draws. <laughs> she's so great, and she's always been. You know, like we always say, like, if, well, if you want to work with Silver Sun, um, you're not doing it for the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, and she, we had somebody who was managing us at the time. We just didn't know what any of that meant. And um, this is right around when Carnivus came out. And we were touring and touring and touring. And Tamara said, Key Prime called. They don't call people. And we said, we just said, tell them no. Thank you, but no. And she called back and said, I think you should probably just take the meeting. And we said, oh, do we have to? Because we felt like, I don't want to, you know, we have somebody with us right now. And when you go to New York, you should meet with them. We said, oh, no. That's going to be weird. Right. We've Nervous. had these Stomach meetings. Inducing. We've oh had God. these meetings before where we, we knew very well that major labels weren't going to work with us. But we went to get dinner because we wanted dinner. And there would be times where I'd look at Nikki and go, I don't know what's happening. She's like, I don't know. And then we'd always get, you guys are interesting. <laughs> I think we would work with it. And we're just hearing like, blah, 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 blah. Like, mm -hmm. no, we're not, we're not interested. And not because we're elitists. I'm like, we wouldn't help you get what you want because we're not the band. Like we want, we don't work well with others. Not on your fault, even though it is your fault. <laughs> you should let bands be bands. If you want a band to mold into different things, we literally aren't capable of it. And part of it is like, technically we just wouldn't know how. It would sound like, a camel. It was a camel is a horse drawn by a committee, you know? Like, you just got to leave us alone because things come out the way they do. Anyway, right. we took the meeting, and it was a lot different than we thought because it was in this really run-down office in Times Square. Cliff Bernstein had an In-N-Out Burger t-shirt. He had some, ch I don't know. He, his philosophy, Peter and Cliff's philosophy of music really took us by surprise. And started to, that was the beginning of a shift where we, we started to say yes to things a lot more and, and willing to try things out and not pigeonhole ourselves or, or suffocate. Again, another problem I see bands do, which makes me so f sad, is that they, they strangle themselves. Mm. Like they're out there, but they want to control what, who listens to them and this and that, and they just crush. No, no, won't do that, won't do that, won't do that. Won't do that. I'm like, just do it. You might like it, and it doesn't change your music at all, and it's important mm. for these people to see cool bands like you, and I don't want you to disappear into the hole 
because you just had an idea, you know, do it. It doesn't, you don't like it, then don't do it again. And that became our thing. And we, and we let, we loved them. Key prime. It was like, we, we just thought they had such an interesting philosophy. And Cliff told me, he's like, you know, we made enough money. We're just into music now. I'm like, wow. And he talked to me the bands he wanted and stuff. And I was like, wow, these guys. And then we walked away a little stunned <laughs> <laughs> and said, okay, I guess. We all, and then also knew that they did like Gillian Welsh and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't just Metallica and all these sort of yeah. big things. And um, then still kind of made them wait, not on purpose. We just kind of thinking about it. And then eventually he said, yes. And we celebrated with a piece of chocolate with them. Oh, Loved it. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so that opened up a new family for us. And so it's still a tight, we're a very tight universe. Like we never really had, we were on Danger Bird, but it was like a, that was not, you know, that was a tiny little label in LA. Again, people told us what a big mistake we made. We were getting for a year playing shows in LA, unsolicited advice. People will come up and be like, you made a huge mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, I know. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone thinks they know everything and I they mean, want to tell you exactly what to do. And all I'm hearing is like, you sh why do you, I don't, I can't imagine like walking up to someone and telling them my, listen, here's what I don't know about something. Yeah. Like with such confidence. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're such a, you're such a stereotype. Like you, you're such a, no wonder this business is falling apart. Mm. You know, like does anybody here know how to do anything? Have any brains and also any like manners? how to talk to people because man <laughs> ridiculous physical thrills which is right here and is brian and i chat the album is not out yet you're back with butch vig yeah right so and this was made now during part the, of our family is that's Sim silverstone is a so tumbleweed cool. you know and we like it's not that big but it's bigger than it was and it just you know some people stick into it and butch is a good friend now, which is an amazing thing to say, but he, him and his family are, I'm, I'm really close with them. So did you go to his house or him mm -hmm. to yours during the pet? Like, how did this thing come up? Can you just give me like the yeah. few little points on it? Well, uh, you know, eventually around 2000, uh, well, 2021, right? I think when people started getting vaccinated, I knew I had like a lot of little things floating around my head. Okay. And there was little moments that I would steal away and I would start playing things. I don't know what for. They were kind of to keep myself company keep myself sane. There were just little things that fly in and that's how our band operates. Like things come in my mind and then I get enough of them where I got to get them out or I'll go crazy. And, uh, that's how it works. And so I had some things and I said, Hey, butch, let's, let's, uh, you're vaccinated. Once you're vaccinated, I'm vaccinated. Can we just skip whatever demoing process or do anything? And I'll just come over. And when the band gets vaccinated, if you feel comfortable, they'll come over and I'll just sort of spew out what I have in my mind. And we'll just start pre-proing is when pre-production is when you work with them, um, you have songs and then you work with your producer and they have ideas. This is where you sort of like, like start smoothing it out. And then it, by the time you record it, it, you've sort of worked all that out. Right. Sure. So right. I said, well, can we just go in and once I, instead of like demoing it for you or things like that, I'm just going to come in and play it. And here's where, and here's where I think things could go. And so we can do like drum machine here. And, and he's like, yeah, man, that's Butch. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have to have a 45 minute phone call and 800 emails back and Never. forth before that gets nope. going? No, no, no. I text them. Okay. I don't think you prime new, you know, like I, don't, I just text the guy. 
Like, and when, what is this for exactly? Not sure yet. Like, let's just go and maybe it's an EP. I don't know. I don't know what we're, what's going to happen, but the band will come when they're, they'll catch up. So got to his house. It was good to see him. And I just vomited. <laughs> an album out. Wow. <laughs> I know. So wow. weird. I had no idea that there was that much. With music. words and music? Not quite words. There were okay. some words, but melodies were there. Melodies. And it was, there's not that, I mean, obviously it's just like some of it's just the beginning of things and some of the stuff like that, but we went, okay, here's song one and it's called Sticks and Stones, which is the second song. Yep. It's like this one that yep. I got full on in. I'm like, I could play this one as is, and but we would talk about it and do it. And I'm like, this one's called the stillness, and this is like in my mind the beginning of like a weird horror musical that I probably would never write. So want to try that? Sure, let's try that. And then the third song, four, it just kept coming, and then the band came. <laughs> and was we, it weird we, that you had done this work, and all of a sudden now they're coming? Well, over? their parts we haven't done that yet. Okay. That's how it normally kind of goes. All right, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they got stuff they want to add, like to start on, like Joe came up, came out with, showed up with this um, just simple little um, piano piece, and that kicked off my mind, and that made it on the record, stuff like that. So you never know, but this is usually what happens is I bring it. It's just going to be a little more formed when they show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we're just yeah. sending them. And then they all came and we started working on the record and we did it in piece, same thing. We did half of it and then half of it because Butch had to go do some shows. Um, but it, it just came out and it, it was, uh, I was surprised how much material there was and how, I don't know. Everyone was so creative. Mm. The fact that it was our sixth record and we're working with somebody with like Butch, we just all had no fear in this record oh, cool. at all like this record i always make a joke like this record just doesn't give a fuck at all in any capacity now i give a fuck <laughs> this record doesn't it's what does that mean exactly? it just feels irreverent in some fun way like there's just places that it goes that we've never gone it and and uh, it's hard i guess it's hard to intellectualize but it just it just is it's just it's so I don't know. Sounds like there wasn't anything in the world you're thinking of anyone to please. Not that you do that all the time, but just like, except no, this is making is. me happy and this is making it's our band happy. It just felt so, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, fun and irreverent and beautiful. Makes and sense. It starts off beautiful and then it gets real cranky. <laughs> 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 and then super into, I don't know, there's just something really playful about it. And um, just the fact that we have these little like, sh we have shanties in this thing, this it was also very important that I wanted it to feel like a real constructed piece. Like first note of the first song to the last note of yeah, the last song. And I know we always do that, but in, in, in particular with this one, I know that people were, we shut down early on the last record and I know that people are coming out with pandemic. We, I made this record and I, I just didn't want it to feel like we had the time. We made a record. We shot out a record, you know, it really felt like this one needed to feel so almost like the closest we've gotten to a concept album. Mm. <laughs> it just needed to feel real complete from beginning to end. Now, I know some people don't listen to it that way. Listen to it however you want. That's another question we get asked a lot. Do albums matter? Yes. Unless you don't care. They never mattered if you didn't care. You can always skip your, you know, first thing people did with eight tracks and cassettes and vinyl, they put the song on they like. It's, 
the people that care still care. And for them and us, we wanted to feel like at first it's a little bit of a daunting experience and then you can really let it sink in. And That's cool as hell. Yeah, because yeah. that's the way it is for us. So let, we have, I don't know, it's, it's really fun. If you, re- you want to go with it, it's fun. If it's too different, we got plenty of records for you in the past. You can just listen to those. <laughs> um, a song that I'm playing on my show, Out of Order, uh, Scared Together. Yeah. Can you just, where did that come in the whole mix of everything? That one kind of came um, while we were starting to demo. It almost came during it. I almost didn't have that one beforehand. I just started to hear it, you know, as, as, because in the beginning when you're doing these, at least for us, at least for me, you're sort of building a language and a glossary and a, a way to, the, you're learning the parameters of what the record is because you want it to have like a cohesive sound. Because in the beginning, you can just do whatever, like you have it, bells fly in and this and that. You want it to have a language. And you're learning that as it goes on. And, and while you're learning what that is, new things can pop up because you're like, oh, now I'm living in this thing. And here's part of the irreverent thing. Like I knew it was like full on tremolo guitar for this one song. There's going to be this My Bloody Valentine thing. And I want to go into sparkle oh. horse, sparkle horsey thing with Nikki here. Like just some of our real deep dives that we would be too afraid to do. Like there's a dream of tempo shanty that Nikki sings. That's just like, sounds like to me, like, what we love about Sparkle Horse, like in Portishead, and just stuff that we maybe we'll get to later, but we're teasing it out with where our brains are lying. With, but we're having fun by having these little elements in there. You know what I mean? And part of it was like, I want talk box. <laughs> I don't want a computer thing. I want like Peter Frampton, Richie Sambora, talk box on this song, and I want it to be like, I want it to, to try and mess with it where it has a modern sound i guess in some capacity it leans a little daft punk i guess but um i want it to feel like we didn't hit a button on a computer like a talk box was played <laughs> like wow 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 and they had that song kind of came busted up around that and it came out really fast butch was not that excited about talk box because he tried it on gar- a garbage album <laughs> sometime and he left it must have left some scar butch is not afraid of anything For some reason that one he didn't like okay so we were doing everything this song was being built up and we had everything and i i played the guitar and, and we had a keyboard doing weird things to simulate a wow everything in this power to simulate it and then he knew that it was billy bush is his right hand man is an engineer okay shirley manson's husband and he's like he was raring to go like i got this talk box it's coming and so there's this countdown butch is it three days to talk box? <laughs> Two days to talk box? And he's like, oh man, I don't want to do this. Billy's are like, let's do the talk box. So come in the next day. It almost felt like a museum. Like it almost felt like the map room in Raiders of the Lost Dark. Yeah. There's this light shining beaming down on the stool. Talk box sitting there. I'm like, okay, Butch, here we go. Take one playing the guitar, and it's blowing. <laughs> Immediately, I realized what a talk box was. I had no idea. It's just a tube that blows in your, the sound in your mouth, and you <laughs> put a mic. Basically, it's like an amp of right. taking the speaker, putting it in your mouth, yes, and using your mouth on a microphone. That's it. First take. Butch is like, this, this rules. <laughs> no. <laughs> he got over his fear. Yeah, no. he, he was, all of a sudden, he thought, oh. I was like, man, we were dancing around. Look how hard it was to dance around. All the creative ways you you've done 
to dance around what we need. And what we needed was this, a baritone guitar over the overdriven amp into my mouth and do a mic. Yeah, so fun. And the song, yeah, like I said, there's something about that that feels irreverent. I don't know why. I just think I get a tickle. I get a tickle idea of people going, whoa, is he, are they using a talk box? People who are in the know. And I get a tickle thinking about a kid going, what is that? You know, yeah. and again, I want I want them to know that it's a physical thing that we're doing. It's not a, a I'm sure there's a talk box thing on the computer, but it's just fun. And that's right. what it's irreverent. And then the song that only the second verse of the song goes into a whole other world. And I guess that's what I mean by playful. Immediately, everything in that song changes all the time. It's always going to someplace different. And it's and a pretty short song for us. <laughs> well, congrats on the album. Thanks, bud. Yeah, of course. And. I've known you a long time, and yes. today I've learned so many new things, which I'm super pumped it's about. It's all fake. Fit, no, it's not. Physical thrills. This is it. It looks nice. It's a yep. good-looking record. August 19th. Every <laughs> album sale, you give Stryker a dollar. Honestly, that's that's rad. Yeah, that is rad. Thank you so much you, for giving dude, me a dollar. You're about to get like 20 bucks. No. <laughs> Find them you on the road. streaming. They're going to be... All over the country. By the way, I think I may drive down to Palm Desert for that show. Yeah, you should. Because I feel like it's going to be a different feel than the one at Orpheum. Like, whatever. Yeah. It would be so fun oh, to see I, you, you know, out I of this so city. I am so excited to play the Orpheum. Like, that, I saw that, and I was really thrilled by that. Every show I've seen there has been amazing yeah. over the years, but it's always been sporadic. Last show I saw was Tom York there. <laughs> Tom York brought back up I in this know, podcast I know, I know. I'm always talking about Tom York Radiohead. Um He's great. His voice is underrated, I believe. He is such a good singer. He's a great singer. Can I, can I tell you my, my uh, Radiohead touching me moment? Yes, yes. Let me put this back. We're well over an hour. Oh, sorry. Two. No, no, good. I, I know there's no time limit, but I'd like to hear it. Okay. Don't rush it. I got to use, Fender was nice enough to give me on the last record, Widow's Weeds, um, Ed O'Brien's signature guitar. It's okay. a signature guitar you can buy. Um. And they put it out, and it it what it is is it's like a um, strat that has uh, harmonics in it. So basically, you can flip a couple switches, and it acts like an ebo, acts like a harmonizer. It can make sound effects, you know. And I think that he put it together maybe around Kid A times because he was figuring out new ways to use his guitar. And I'm ebo challenged for some reason. I cannot figure out how to use that thing at all. And so when they gave me that guitar, I was so thrilled. But this record in particular, I used it a lot. Uh, to the point where I'm going to have to take it out live. You okay, know? nice. Um, and I just was thinking, I love this guitar. I love what I feel like I can do. And Billy said, Billy Bush said, why don't you write him a letter? And I thought, I can't do that, you know? And I thought, I guess I could do that. I bet I, I, bet I could get it to him uh, just, to, just to drop a note like, hey, thanks. So I wrote him. To Ed? You wrote Ed I wrote an email. I just said, uh, hey, uh, my name is Brian. I play in this band called Silverstone Pickups. With Butch, here's my here's my Radiohead. I'll give him like a three cents Radiohead fandom thing because I am I've been a huge fan forever. Um, and then I said uh, all that like I love this guitar and it really inspi- it was inspiring to me. It helped me create blah, blah blah. Next day I got such a sweet email back from him. He was such a nice person, and he was like, "You didn't have to write me, but you did. It really meant a lot to me. And your band name's cool." And I just thought, like, you know when they talk about, like, Johnny Carson wrote you a letter and people yes, frame it? Yes. I can't, I mean, I guess I could print it out and frame print it, but that it, was yeah. like, oh, my God, Ed O'Brien wrote me? That's 
awesome. That's my like George Burns or you know what I mean? Right. Like you know what right. I'm talking about? Of course. Yes. Yeah. I was pretty thrilled. I've been staring at that band for so long. And the fact that at one moment some of the gays came to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that you were able to get his email that fast though. Well, I mean, I'm hacker, I'm dark web. <laughs> <laughs> Brian O'Bear can get you a liver I, and Ed O'Bear's email. Did I bring that up? Email. <laughs> I can get you anyone's email address. Price is right. Bob Plinko. Parker. Yeah. <laughs> Hole in one or two. All right, listen. <laughs> Silver Sun Pickups have put out six full-length albums oh. over a 20-plus-year career. Yeah. They're so great live and oh, wonderful people. Thank Find you. them on the road. Brian, thank you. Thank you, man. Good to see you. Also, look at these. Oh, I like those. Daniel Johnston bands. Whoa. I know. Those are good looking. <laughs> I know. Are those size 12 and a half by nature? Size 10. Size 10. Shoot. I okay. just got an advance. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. And now I'm obsessed. You never got the Jeff Spicoli fast times? What? You haven't no, got. No, I liked them, but like it just clicked. And now I don't know. I'm not a buyer. You. Right. I'm not like a purchaser, really. Okay. Like, I'm getting why people are. Because these are fun shoes. So you're becoming a shoe buff, whatever it's called? I, I bought the Hellfire Club ones. You did? Yeah, hell oh yeah. Oh, my I God. I can't wait for that. How do we get a Silver Sun song into Stranger Things, even though that's 1986? You don't. Uh, the fact that that Kate Bush song, we, we play it before our we play shows. So we have, you know, we we put together this, the songs before we came out. Yeah. Kate Bush is always in there, that song. because it's, it's just one of the greatest songs of all time. And when that happened in that show, I just thought, no way. That is so insane. And then the fact what ha what's happened with it. Right. Of course yes. it's great. And that proves to me. And again, this also shows you like check any of ego you have. Like we operate as a band that feels very lucky to be around because we, we firmly agree. No new music needs to happen. There's enough old music that people haven't heard that could sustain people for a long time. Mm. So be appreciative of your crowd. You don't deserve it. You know what I mean? And that's how sort of we feel. And that's an example. Kate Bush song comes out. Of course it crushes. Of course it's going to be on top 40 radio because it sounds better than anything out there. Right. Of course kids are going to love it. Master yeah. puppets, yeah, yeah. Kids are going to be like, oh, this is pretty heavy shit. <laughs> Great, yeah. yeah. Kate Bush, that song that came out in 1985, Dude, charted like top 35 that and video now it's like is top the greatest, five. Uh, the, right. She's, that song rules. Yeah, good for her. I feel like she lives in a castle. You know what I mean? She probably lives in a castle well, on top of a castle. Like she's kind of like, Kate Bush is so fascinating, man. I'd love to see her live. She played now because she barely has played. I don't know if she has played LA ever. I'm not sure. But um, now she'd be playing. To, <laughs> she'd be so big. Maybe half of it would be kids, you know? Right. right. How cool is that? Very. Uh, we're going to wrap right there. Kate Bush watches Tune on Toast and Listens. So maybe. Kate. Yeah. Kate. 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 Kate, if you're lucky, I'll show you my Ed O'Brien email. <laughs> For Brian O'Bear from Silver Sun Pickups, right. I am Ted Stryker. That has been our episode for today. Happy snuggles. Bye-bye. That's another episode of Stryker's Tuna on Toast. Promise it'll get better. Most likely. For sure. <laughs> Maybe.